Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 736, recorded live on August 27th, 2022. And here are your hosts, the man who was a bit preoccupied before this recording, Dave Play. And the hi. Man, hi. And the man who couldn't wait for the recording to start, Andy Lowe. Hi. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry that I kept you waiting. Well, I've actually been waiting for a whole... Well, since Monday, because... What? Okay. I have the Dream World Coca-Cola. Ah, Coca-Cola Dream. This is the way they have, like, Coca-Cola Starlight, right? Yes, this one is Dream-flavored. Okay. So it's been, sitting in, it's been sitting in my fridge for... So it's, it's properly chilled? Yes. Are there any special instructions, like the Coca-Cola Nitro, where you're supposed to, like, crack it and... No, no, that's Pepsi. Okay, it's Pepsi Nitro, right. Okay, I'm getting a fruity vibe from the smell what the hell is that i i don't know what dreams are supposed to taste like but i don't think they're supposed to taste like this <laughs> yeah what does it taste like andy i'm not exactly sure hold on kate's getting a sip too <laughs> for those of so you like medicine cherry something yeah it's it's sort of like a weird fruit flavor and i, I don't I don't know. I'm going to let that sit on my tongue for a little bit. Okay. That sounds awful. Um, I I have, I literally had, I didn't know how this was going to taste. So I literally had it (laughs) sitting right behind it. I have a can of Baja Blast. (laughs) I like to wash it out. It's one of those things. It's like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. So I came prepared. Good for you. Well done. I'm just sitting here with my two cans of Spindrift. Oh, this is the fourth and final creation flavor. Wait, what were the other... Okay, so there was Starlight. This is Dream World, so this is fourth. Who are the other two? According to the press release, bottles up the technicolor tastes and surrealism of the subconscious with an invitation to savor the magic of everyday moments and dream with open eyes. So, like, if they put LSD in it, (laughs) that would be something? Or, like, psilocybin? Like, they could microdose it, right? They could get away with that. I mean, they had cocaine in it originally. So here's my question. Did they, or is that just say like, ah ha ha, it's the coca, like, because it's not cocaine, it's the coconut, right? Like, not a coconut coconut, but like, or no, it's the cola nut. Maybe that is the Coca-Cola was the coke, as in cocaine, but like, like, the original recipe comes from a cola nut. All right, here we go. Was Coca-Cola ever, did Coca-Cola ever contain cocaine? According to Snopes... Um, they say it's a mixed bag. So Coca-Cola's official website says it does not contain cocaine and cocaine has never been an added ingredient in Coca-Cola, which sounds oddly specific. Okay, the short answer is that Coca-Cola did contain uh, Egonine? Ectonine? I'm literally looking at my chemistry person next to me and... Econine? Yeah, it was, uh, it's a... Oh, neen, okay. Which is a precursor to cocaine in the original formulation. So it didn't have cocaine, it had like a pseudo-cocaine. Yeah, yeah. so it was something you could derive cocaine from. Okay. So that's, that's the short answer. All right. And then later they, you know... Once cocaine was bad. In the 1930s. In the 1930s, yes. They decided to change their um, formula and manufacturing process to remove the cocaine. Yes. Okay. So it sort of did. Because if it had that thing in it, like it could break down into cocaine. Sure. Okay. So um, where did we come at this from? The, the oh, LSD. That yeah. they should they should their, their dreamscape. Like they should be dosing it with psilocybin. Okay. So that marshmallow Coke that was a creation. Oh, that Pixel. Pixel terrible. was the one I didn't have. That also sounds fucking terrible. Well, yeah. I don't want was... to taste Pixels. Yeah, that was the uh, collaboration with Fortnite. Yeah, no, I, I do not want to taste Pixel. Yeah, no, that was... Pixel is not... I mean, Space and Dream are not a flavor either, but, like, Pixel is really not a flavor, guys. Well, that was also the Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. So it was even worse. Yeah. 
as I crack open my next spin drift. Well, I'm sorry to have kept you waiting, Andy. I was downstairs trying to nurse my water heater to life. <laughs> what am I hearing? Uh, Isaac coughing for some reason. Okay. It sounded like a chicken. Now I hear that it's coughing. <laughs> Don't know why he's coughing. It seems to be okay. All right. All right. So, yeah, so that I have tasted three out of the four things of Coke trying to be, you know, hip. <laughs> Dream World is inviting fans to look inward at the infinite possibilities of the mind. Not with Coca-Cola. No. <clears throat> it's just not a thing. Stop trying to make it a thing, Coca-Cola. <clears throat> like, I, I, I still don't know what they're, yeah, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> So, Andy, how, other than and waiting for your dream-flavored Coca-Cola, how's your week been? What's going uh, on? It's, uh, it was... You got a transmitter built. Well, n- n- yes and no. Assembled um, onto a rack. Yeah, well, the, um, have, uh, some of the transmitters we have are um older than i am and so we've been trying to uh, i have been crusading trying to get them replaced with newer equipment <clears throat> and um one of the transmitters i think it's our oldest one i think of uh 79 i think is the manufacturing date or 77 one of the two but still 70s um the company has actually been out of business for 30 years so trying to find parts and manuals and you know schematics anything of that nature has been basically impossible so that one started to fail i had another one that i had actually already got uh the new transmitter for and we were going to be in the process of setting that up but now it's like okay now i have to kind of do like a merry-go-round with transmitters Mm -hmm. trying to keep everything on the air and then um turns out that one of our one of our old backup transmitters that i was using the actual rf you know i, I put it in because it was it was a middle of the night failure so i had to run up there and try and get something on the air so i brought one of our old backup transmitters up there and i got it in and i got it running but it didn't sound right you know it started running fine but then by the time i was listening to it as i got home mm-hmm. it just didn't sound right and i'm sitting there thinking okay i think it's this cable that i'm using to connect the um the stl receiver stl is short for studio transmitter link so this is the receive antenna of the audio at the transmitter site Mm -hmm. i thought the cable between that and this backup transmitter was bad because it had been you know i don't i didn't trust it so i you know searching around trying to find the right cable with the right length with the right connectors on either end and i found one on amazon so i ordered that and then i you know was sitting around on friday waiting for the amazon order to arrive and then the transmitter up there failed and i'm like okay well i'm I'm literally waiting for the replacement part um it turns out it wasn't the cable though i think it was the actual connector on the transmitter and as i was like wiggling it around to try and see if i could you know get a better solid connection the the connector actually like popped out and seemed to have broke Uh oh yeah you know you know electricity right you know you you have a you have a a path with the actual electricity then you have a ground connection coming back right yeah well if it popped out i had no ground connection coming back so i'm like well this is not gonna work so i had to uh mess around with that so yes it, it was putting a transmitter where it wasn't expecting to put a transmitter then having to do something else it was it was a very chaotic week and yes i had i did cut myself multiple times trying to put that uh that transmitter together which is they even actually have a youtube video so they have like the instruction manuals and then it turns out they have a youtube video of somebody like opening up the box and putting the whole thing together to to show you how to put it together correctly Mm -hmm. but even then it was like there's a couple of problems with this whole setup so like i was talking to the manufacturer and i'm just like i would tell you this but i see you guys have come out with a newer transmitter that i'm guessing is going to replace this one so uh any suggestions i would have would probably be a moot point because i'm guessing you guys are going to stop selling this one that i've got right now and they're like yes that's that's the roadmap like okay (laughs) i will just wait cool so yeah crazy week sounds like it i i don't have well i i do have something like as intense and exciting but only to a very specific crowd of people uh because this was our users group meeting this week Mm. we had ugm 
In person this time? In person! Ooh. Like 6,000 people coming to campus, which is much smaller than it used to be, but, you know, COVID. Yeah, and still, still a thing. Yeah, 6,000. Yeah, you know, it's not our 9,000 that we had, like, three, four years ago, but it's pretty good, right? 6,000 people showing up. Um, but we had, the theme this year was the night at the museum. So, like, the, the like the museum comes alive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but the museum was was very generous because uh, like in the movie it's the natural history museum right mm-hmm. we did all museums <laughs> it's like natural history science and technology art sculpture uh like everything the the president of the company came was dressed as um shoot pilot female pilot very Amelia Earhart Thank you. I believe she was dressed as Amelia Earhart. Uh, she was definitely dressed as a pilot. And her her thing was like the Air and Space Museum. Uh, the president came out dressed as Vince Lombardi because he's a huge <laughs> Packers fan. And so he had the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame Museum. That was, that was his museum. Mm. As philosopher coach Vince Lombardi. I see. But it was a lot of fun. My friend got to dress as Mona Lisa. My other friend got to dress as Abe Lincoln. My other friend got to dress as a Roman gladiator. So, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> we just kind of went with it. <laughs> yeah, but my, I did my, do my work another... stuff is never that fun and exciting. Oh, man. I mean, the just the pictures of the tent and the stuff that was inside the tent was so cool. There was a mock-up of, like, the lunar lander. There, were, there was a plane. There was a friggin' DeLorean. Um... Because it was the, the history of transportation, like it was that exhibit at the museum. And so it went from like, you know, ancient canoes to like carriages to this to like to cars and then to airplanes and then to the DeLorean fully kitted out as a time machine. Uh, and then the TARDIS because we have a TARDIS. And so why not? Yeah. Um, there was a recreation of the bridge in Monet's painting and you could like go stand on the bridge and be in the painting. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty cool. This was all in the tent. There was a dinosaur. Of course. I don't my my question is, what are we going to do with the dinosaur? Did you rent the dinosaur? I don't know. It's possible that we rented the dinosaur. It is also possible that we just bought the dinosaur. So I'm really not sure. <laughs> I mean, could just be a lawn dino of some kind. Yeah, we have those. We have these giant brontosaurus statues. The cows apparently love them <laughs> and hang out next to them all the time. That would be a good picture to take. The cows next to the brontosaurus? Mm-hmm. I'll see what I can do. Apparently a, a, a baby calf was born the second day of UGM. They, it was born under the brontosaurus because, again, they like them. Uh, and it was an all-white calf that they named Midnight. Okay. Just you know, for the heck, yep. fun of it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, uh, but yeah, that was that was the majority of my week. Possibly some other news, but that that's got to wait for a little bit. Okay. So, yeah, we should, should probably we? talk about topics. Yeah, there's some interesting ones. The hell is happening with T-Mobile? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Okay. So I was on YouTube, Mm -hmm. just, you know, browsing around, and I see live coverage, T-Mobile, SpaceX. And I'm like, the fuck is this? And I click over it, and Elon Musk is standing in front of Starship at Boca Chica talking about a partnership with T-Mobile. Yep. So... I, I had heard about this, but nobody had known exactly what they were going to talk about. So there was, you know, speculation abound. But the idea is that when the Starlink satellites version, version two. 2 get launched, yep. they will have 2.5 gigahertz. I think 2.5 gigahertz. Isn't that microwave frequency? Um, I'm trying to see what spectrum it was. It was the spectrum that T-Mobile had picked up from Sprint, um, some of the mid-band spectrum. But the uh, satellites would be able to communicate with your phone. From 500 miles away. Yes. Just in case you're wondering, the um, antenna for this would be about 25 square meters in size. Is that how antennas are measured in square meters? <laughs> Normally, no. That seems like 
a really weird way to measure an antenna. Well, if it's a, if it's five meters on a side and it's square. Oh, okay, but like you don't measure your antennae by... First off, most antennae aren't square, right? It could be a paddle antenna. Okay. I mean, 25 meters squared is huge. Yes. Right? Five meters by five meters is a lot of space. That's, what, like close to 20 feet? There's got to be 18 feet on a side. Yep. Is that what yep. five meters is? About 18 feet? Something around that. Hang on. Now I gotta want to find this out. Uh, meters to foot, 16 and a half. Okay, not bad. That was pretty close. So five meters is 16 and a half feet. That's a lot of space. Oh, okay, here we go. And it's using a dedicated slice of mid-band 1.9 gigahertz PCS spectrum to be integrated into the satellites that are going to be launched next year. So the idea would be is that your phone... With no modifications to the phone whatsoever, if you do not have cellular oh. service, <laughs> it's it's really you will always have cellular service. But like, it, wait, so it's not the cellular band, right? Is that the the literal Wi-Fi antenna? No, it's it's uh, mid band. That's mid band cellular. Yeah, that's okay. the that's the spectrum that they're using for five G for that they picked up from Sprint. Okay. Which there's actually, it's funny because there is um, a spectrum auction going on right now. No! Right? <laughs> a 2.5 gigahertz spectrum auction right now <laughs> that team that uh, is being auctioned off. From what I've read, it is not going very far. Sorry, I need to find like a soundboard with a snoring button. Do not care. Yep. I mean, maybe I should because it's those spectrum auctions that led to T-Mobile having the appropriate spectrum to make a deal with SpaceX to have SpaceX satellites able to pick up the cellular signal from your phone from 500 miles away. Mm -hmm. And at launch, or shortly after launch, literal launch, because they have to put the satellites up, which uh, they these, are looking at... Yeah, the version 2 satellites have to be put up with Starship. Because they're so big. They are so big that they... Yeah, no shit. It, it would be not... Yeah, there's, no, no, there's no economical way to put them up on a Falcon 9. Right, because they have to have an antenna that is 5 meters on a side, 25 meters squared. I wonder how... Thicket, like how dense is it? Is it because it's not like area? As I said, is a really weird measurement for an antenna. I, f I feel like, and maybe I'm just wrong because I feel like volume or length. You, you just get one or the other. The middle is just kind of weird. Well, unless you're looking at like the antenna cross section. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it could be something circular polarized. So it doesn't matter which way your phone is pointed. Mm -hmm. And your circular <laughs> circular polarized panel antenna is going to have an easy way to measure because it's going to be a panel antenna. So you're going to have a length and a width. Heck, all my, uh, my satellite dishes... I all, guess, yeah, satellite dishes are, are measured in area. Yeah. You know, I could tell you the difference between a 4.8 and a 5.2 meter satellite dish. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hang on. Say those numbers again. 4.2 and a, no, a 5.2 meter satellite dish. What unit did you use? Meters. Not meters squared. Well, yes, because it's... Because it, you're measuring the radius or the diameter. Uh, yes, I'm measuring the diameter of a circle. Right. So, again, why are they using meters or meters squared? I don't know. I'm just going off of what they said at the announcement. Yeah. They were huge antennae. Yes. So this so is shortly not going to launch. Yes. Anywhere in the continental United States. Yes. If you're on T-Mobile and you have a relatively modern phone, it doesn't need new hardware. It doesn't need to be a, like a new phone. You will be able to have internet access. Yes. They're going to start with text messaging, including SMS and MMS, and a couple of messaging apps to start. Mm -hmm. They plan on adding voice and larger data coverage later. So this is kind of right now, basically, they're saying, look, this is like emergency use. I'm stuck on a mountain, you know. Right. But being stuck on a mountain, you will have access. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge for T-Mobile, right? Like, yeah. 
they I hesitate to use the words game changing, but well, AT&T and Verizon are probably shitting bricks. Well, um was what was that AST? AST what was it? Uh, what was the name of that company? <clears throat> Oh, I think it's just literally called AST Space Mobile, Mm -hmm. company based out of Texas that is working on technology that will enable existing smartphones to connect to satellites. And they have been working with, uh, who have they been working with? They've got relationships with AT&T, Vodafone, and uh, somebody else, which um, some people are also thinking that um, Apple, Apple's event next week on September 7th. Something similar? is called Far Out. Yeah. Their little, you know, mm-hmm. you know, their their banner for the 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 invite has mm-hmm. the Apple logo made out of stars. Mm. But like who do they have who could put a bunch of satellites up besides SpaceX? Uh, Global Star. Yeah. They're they they people are speculating that <clears throat> Um, Global Star has currently 24 low Earth orbit satellites up there right now. And they were thinking this announcement from T-Mobile and SpaceX was kind of to preemptively... To beat out Apple's announcement? To beat out Apple's announcement of having free, you know, um, free but like, messaging. But Apple, Apple's not the carrier. Yes, but Apple has pretty much... If you had an iPhone yeah. and your iPhone could talk to a satellite company... Yeah. Do you even really need to deal with how do you a think carrier? AT&T, Verizon and T-Mobile would feel about that? <laughs> that is an excellent question. How much do you want to bet they've built into their contracts that Apple can't just like drop them for something else? Well, there's probably a yeah, well, as we as I said, the, the infrastructure is not there for having a satellite-based right. cell phone. Who who would sell the iPhone if Apple decided to, like you don't think that Verizon and AT&T would be like, "No, we're just not we're not doing it. We're not selling it unless you disable that." Okay, you'd buy it directly from Apple. Yep. How many people buy it directly from Apple versus buy it from their carrier because their carrier subsidizes it? Oh, yeah. Nope. That's get the new iPhone on us. Well, it's not really. Yeah, yes, you're going to give it to me free, but I'm going to pay you a lot of money. A lot of money for it. Yep. I would be very curious to see Apple come in and say, yep, we can now do like satellite connections. You have you have service anywhere. Somebody, okay, somebody reported that Apple was working on satellite connectivity for the iPhones way back in December 2019. So this this will be interesting to see. Yeah. And we'll when find out it? on the 7th. September 7th. Yep. Okay. Uh, hang on. Let me pull up a calendar. That is a Wednesday. So you won't hear about this next week. Actually, you probably won't hear anything next week. I'm going to be in Ann Arbor next week, Andy. So probably not recording. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. Um... Well, having also things on your calendar, yeah. do you have the SLS launch on your calendar? No. Because when is it? supposedly the 29th. <laughs> Suppo- I love that supposedly. Like, it's, they're, they're thinking it's the 29th. Hey, the, the countdown clock is going. Yep. What's the, the weather like on the 29th? Uh, that one is an excellent question, especially since, um, according to most recent update, series of lightning strikes hit the launch complex today. Yep, yep. Okay, so they're planning on launching on the 29th, and this launch go... What's the mission? It's a test, right? Like, they're just putting something up there? Um, they'll launch the uncrewed Orion spacecraft, okay. which it will orbit the moon before returning back to Earth. So it'll be approximately a 42-day mission. That is a long trip. How big is the Orion capsule? That is an excellent question. Are we talking like couch big or like living room big or bathroom big? Um, Okay, so it's designed to carry four astronauts. Yeah, but how comfortably? Uh, Crew of four, okay. Uh, Height, 50 feet, but that includes the launch abort system. Mm -hmm. Uh, Diameter base is 17 feet. 17 foot diameter. 17 foot diameter. And, I mean, you get most of the space because you're going to be in zero G. Mm -hmm. But, like, 17 foot diameter is an eight foot 
foot radius. I'm just trying to think like take a person and put a person eight feet to either side of them. That's that's a fair amount of space. Of course, the interior dimension probably isn't that much, right? That's that's the base. That's the diameter at the base. And that's got to be the exterior. So you're going to lose. OK, here we go. Here we go. Volume. Feet from, yeah. Spacecraft's volume is 316 yeah. cubic feet, which is about 1.5 times larger than the uh, the Apollo capsule. Okay, that's that's what I'm hoping to hear. Okay, the Apollo command capsule or the whole Apollo thing? Because they, on the way there, they had both the lander and, and, the, and the capsule. Yes, and then and they had to squish into the capsule on the way back. Well, they, if I remember correctly, they could could they hold on to the capsule and they just they just jettison it before reentry? I think so. We are literally trying to remember things that have happened before we were born. Yeah, because the lander went down and then launched back up and it met with the capsule. And yeah, I guess there's no reason, I mean, other than mass, right? If the lander just like didn't have the fuel, you'd be better off just jettisoning. But that's that's losing a lot of space. Let's see. The central pressure vessel of the command module was the sole habitable compartment. It had an interior volume of 210 cubic feet. So the command module had 210 cubic feet of space. This has 350-some. 316. So I don't know how you get 1.5 out of that, but... Like, hang on, those numbers don't add up. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm literally like reading one NASA document that says 210 cubic feet. I'm reading another thing where the thing says, oh yeah, the Orion spacecraft is 316 cubic feet, which is about 1.5 times larger than the Apollo spacecraft. I'm like, that does not, somebody at NASA needs to talk to somebody else at NASA. Get your freaking uh, numbers right. <laughs> it's more like one and a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> The things we do, Andy. The things we do. You could probably tweet someone at NASA and be like, hey, at NASA, your numbers are wrong. <laughs> BT dubs hire a historian. So they're going to set. So here's the fun thing, though. Like, haven't they also said, this was like a year ago, that they lost the technology for a, a moon spacesuit? Yes. Yes, they have. So launching the vessel is great, but we still can't land someone on the moon because we don't remember how to build a spacesuit. Well, we've never needed to since, you know. Since the 70s? Mm-hmm. But, like, you'd think you'd, you'd keep that formula somewhere. Okay, here we go. I looked <laughs> it up. I looked up Apollo 11. Yeah. So, Eagle launched off the surface on July 12th, rendezvoused with Columbia, which was the command module, and the two docked. Eagle's ascent stage was jettisoned into lunar orbit. Yep. So. But Eagle itself was, remained docked. No, no, no. Eagle's ascent stage, which is the upper half of oh, the Oh, is the, okay. So then they, yeah, they were just in the command module. Module for the entire trip back. So there's your answer on that one. I appreciate it. Thank you for doing the research. Man, I do have to say, people have a lot of information about the space program out there. Well, yeah, there's a lot of very enthusiastic nerds. Mm -hmm. I know several of them. Yeah. I'm rather surprised you didn't have that knowledge already. Well, so here's the kicker, though. So, okay, so SLS is supposed to launch on the 29th. That's Monday, yeah. right? Sure. No, it's a Wednesday. The 29th? Oh, 29th is a Monday. Sorry, I was yes. back on the 7th. Yeah, no, the 29th is a Monday. That is also Isaac's okay. first day of kindergarten. Oh. And what time is it supposed to launch? 8.33 in the morning. Eastern? Yes. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to get to watch it. <laughs> nope. I don't, I don't think it's worth holding him out of his first day of preschool just to kindergarten. watch to kindergarten, my mistake, just to watch a spaceship maybe take off. Yep. God, he's in kindergarten. I know. It's crazy. Oh, God, that means Dawn's in kindergarten. Oh, God, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. That means Nadia's in kindergarten, too. I really don't like that. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's um, not. <laughs> ah, that's fine. Erica's middle kids, her twins, are 17 now. Whew. Her youngest is like 12, yeah. 11, somewhere around there. So, yep, yep, progression of time. Mm-hmm. So, other space news. Yes. Um, James Webb update. NASA it's has released... Her. 
two more images mm-hmm. of James Webb looking at Jupiter. I'm a little surprised that they would look at Jupiter. Although I suppose, because like Jupiter is very close yes. relative to the things they've been looking at. And like, I'm kind of surprised that it's far enough away that it's not overwhelming the ridiculously sensitive infrared cameras. Because, like, Jupiter throws off a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. I suppose if you got Jupiter when it was on, like, the other side of the sun. But then that would mean looking towards the sun. And Webb is pointed permanently away from the sun. Well, I'm. Uh, let's see, what did they do? The two images come from the observatory's near-infrared camera, which has three specialized infrared filters that showcase details of the planet. Okay, so they they mapped it in infrared light, and then they shifted the wavelengths to visible spectrum. Yeah. I mean, it looks friggin' cool. Do you know what the kicker is, though? Huh? NASA didn't actually do the image um, processing. They offloaded it? They... Yeah. Well, the... um, All the data comes off Mm -hmm. of web as literally data. So then scientists take the data and translate it into images. Yeah. This one was done by Judy Schmidt, a former graphics in uh, graphic designer who lives in California, who is just an average person. Well, thank you, Miss Schmidt, for for your work and contribution, because that's a pretty cool picture. Yeah, just literally having a graphic designer be like, oh, here's the data. I can turn that into an image. Yeah, I guess she's been doing this for a while using the, you know, the publicly available data from NASA to do. Mm-hmm. God, what was it? Oh, it was right. It's an SCP thing. It's like the red spot. Yep. Don't say yep. Oh, you don't I'm know thinking, what I'm talking about. You're talking about the, the white circle. Right. I'm talking about in the SCP Foundation's wiki, there is an explanation for the Great Red Spot, which, yes, is the white circle in this image. That is quite clearly the Great Red Spot. I hope he's okay. Yeah, me too. That's He, he was fine. Hmm. Strange. SCP-2399. So yes, a picture of Jupiter, and then also a picture of Jupiter and its rings, and a couple of, I think, moons. So Which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, uh, the first time I read that, I was like, wait, we were able to actually hit Jupiter? Because that, I feel... <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it works. <clears throat> so let's see, any other space news? No... No, no. Nope. No no more space news. Nope. So, uh, okay. what do you want to talk about? Amazon might buy Electronic Arts? Okay, so this came, this was a story in USA Today. Yeah. And then um, later, I think David Faber mm-hmm. on CNBC basically called in <clears throat> to, he said... Say, nope. <laughs> yeah, he said, Not- I've, talked, I've talked to some people who would actually know if there was something going on. And they say there's yeah. nothing going on. These are people who would be involved, who are in fact were involved when our parent company was talking to Electronic Arts. Mm -hmm. So he called the people... They said no, no. Which man, like, do you want to talk about market manipulation? I, someone from the SEC should be investigating this. Yes, because watching Electronic Arts jump five percent, no, four and a half percent. Um, I mean, from open to the high. Yeah. Well, it opened at what, like, a hundred and twenty-seven. Oh, and it jumped all the way up to 140-something. Jeez. Yeah, okay, like so 146. Even that, is, that is a significant jump. Yeah. That's a 10%, 15% jump. So, yeah, I'd, I'd rather hope someone is investigating that. Like, okay, where did this rumor come from? Who put it out there? And who do they know who made a bunch of money on electronic arts? Mm-hmm. What? Like, I guess I know why. EA has a huge catalog. They have all the sports games. And with Microsoft buying up things like Bethesda and various other studios left and right, like, Amazon's gotta do something to compete. Buying electronic arts would definitely be that um and and the the way i know that is go look at the floor plan of the last e3 and just look at the size of the biggest booths and who those are oh yeah no it's and electronic arts is one of the biggest god that is just ridiculous 
Well, it, it, I should say EA would be if they went to E3. Yeah. They were like historically the biggest. Well, the heck, they were, they're were they big enough to literally break off and do their own thing next to E3. Right. right. So like, just why? Well, it's Amazon. They want to get their hands in everything. What? But like, why not buy Ubisoft or, or Capcom? Why Electronic Arts? Why like the most hated company of the gaming industry? I don't know. Have you seen what Blizzard's doing with Hearthstone? I have not. What's Blizzard doing with Hearthstone, Andy? Well, um, there is another update coming at the end of the month. 24.2. First thing is they are adding a premium currency into the game. Shocker. So it's a premium premium currency. You can only spend real money to get. Yep. And you can spend it to get. Um, hold on. I'm trying to pull up going through my history because I had I had the uh, Blizzard page open. <clears throat> there we go. Announcing Battlegrounds Season 2. Scrolling down, I love how, it, you know, it's like halfway down on the frequently asked questions section. What are runestones? Yep. What are runestones, Andy? I don't well, that, know. That's their new... Oh, that's premium. the currency. That's the new premium currency. Okay. Which you will no longer be able to buy. Currently, you can buy a lot of things with the in-game currency of gold, right? Or you yeah. could pay cash. Okay. Well, now rune, you know, you can't you can't use gold for. So now you have to pay cash to get rune stones and use those rune stones to, to get. Um, to, what are what are rune stones going to be used for? Well, the the main thing everybody's complaining about is that the rune stones are the only way now that you can get the season pass for battlegrounds and also i do believe for um ranked play as well what the does kick- the season pass give me well it gives you some extra xp and some other stuff but the the kicker is is um you've played the the battlegrounds right no well the battlegrounds you don't get to choose from all of the available characters you're limited to a just a couple of options literally if you're playing in the free mode you get you get one or the other you only get to choose between two heroes i if i were someone who played a lot of hearthstone i feel like that would be annoying yes so you could get to the season pass and with the season pass you get to pick between four heroes rather than just two but that's twice as many yeah and now i have to pay real money to make that choice you have to pay real money now to be able to unlock the season pass in order to basically give yourself (laughs) twice as many options for heroes and the heroes you know heroes plus what types of characters are in the you know in that version of battlegrounds can you can either make or break your team mm-hmm. you know getting stuck with somebody who can own you know whose hero power has to deal with dragons mm-hmm. and then literally not having dragons available to pick from kind of sucks yeah and that just that's to be, like just to double check battlegrounds isn't the the mercenaries thing right no okay are they screwing with the mercenary thing um not at the moment Okay. You First can still I came for battlegrounds, and I stayed silent because I play mercenaries. Yeah, mercenaries. They said anything that you can currently buy with gold outside of these couple of specific things, you will still be able to buy with gold. My the one I'm really annoyed at is I didn't even notice this reading through this originally, but adventures, the solo mm. stuff where you play the computer and you don't actually mm. play other people. Yeah, the solo adventures. I have always been able to pay for those with in-game currency of gold looking at this chart here that is going to be no longer the case oh no how terrible whatever will you do with your time andy i i guess play other things yep a lot of other games out there yep so that's that's a lot of people are now getting pissed because they're like really i have to now go play you know pay real money for now for now for now yes well we'll see how long activision blizzard holds out on this and you know if there's enough people spending money then they'll keep doing it so for now and probably forever so yes that's that's the big thing right now is everybody's pissed at hearthstone well they're pissed at blizzard for going really you're gonna you're gonna make us premium currencies yeah but it's all right, candy Andy. crush. <laughs> Tell me about this study about air conditioning. Okay, so some 
um, basically... Interested parties. Yes. Used some energy models to simulate heat transfer and AC performance to answer the question, is it better to turn my AC off when I'm not home or do I leave it on during the day? Yeah. You know, what's the energy cost for that? <clears throat> because the, the thinking is if you let it turn off, your house is just going to heat up more and more. And so when you turn it back on, when you come home, it's going to have to work harder to bring the house back down. Yes. So if I leave it on all day, yes, it's on all day, but it's still keeping the house, like it doesn't have to work when I get home. It's distributing that work through the day. Yes. Okay. Well, they did. I mean, it's nicer for the grid, I guess, if everyone leaves it on during the day so that there isn't this giant spike of energy use when everyone gets home and turns their AC on. Mm Mm-hmm. Which they didn't, you know, model that. They just modeled, they took basically their modeling software and said, okay, we have a house in Arizona. We have a house in yeah. Georgia. They have either right. central air. But they like- have a... They have a heat pump or they have a mini split. Okay. You know, what's the energy usage per year? Yep. And what's what's their answer? Well, they say um, if you have central AC, yep. that's the biggest savings, about uh, up to 11%. Savings over what? Not oh. central AC? Well, if you run it all day versus turning yep. it off for eight hours, yep. savings up to 11% over the year. Wow. Yep. That's, that's definitely a lot more than I thought it would be. What about turning it off at night though uh they didn't do that they did it off for eight hours during the day and then off for four hours during the day and just letting it run all day was the best no that no. was the worst letting it run all day i thought you said letting it run all day gives you like an eight percent savings no 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 turning it off oh <laughs> Still less than when maintaining constant temperature. Okay, so turn it off for eight hours and yes. you save. It is it is better. Yes. Now, if you had a mini split or a heat pump, it's basically neg- neg- negligible. negligible. What is a mini split? Mini splits, those... Uh those mini air conditioners. Like the window-based ones? Mm-mm. No. I basically I just I've always seen them as like smaller it's sort of like a window unit but you have like a register on the wall okay and then I'm just gonna look them up yeah just look it up mini split AC mini split air conditioner at the Home Depot okay so they're wall mounted with a single direct line to the unit as opposed to just going through your central air. Yes. Interesting. So you would have, <laughs> yeah, instead of having a central air duct, you yeah. would basically have a mini split in each room. Yeah. I mean, you still have to have lines going to them. Yes. But the, the lines that go to them aren't, I'm very confused about what parts of this are doing what. The lines that go to the actual outdoor unit. Yeah. Like you have your central air unit has an outdoor unit, right? Right, yeah. This one still has an outdoor unit, but it's much... But it's not It's not pumping air through that, right? Like it's... No, it's the refrigerant. It's just the refrigerant. Just the refrigerant. Okay, cool. I so might get a heat pump next year. Just like... <laughs> So the, because the, the, um, Inflation Reduction Act. Yes. Puts like home improvement stuff like that in this huge amount of money that you can get back now. Well, I, I'll have to take a look at that because our AC unit here is yeah. massive and old. Yeah, ours is too. Actually, Andy, remember what we were talking about with solar panels? Yes. And you you at work having large fields that could be turned into solar power? Mm-hmm. For residential, it's a 30% tax credit. Oh my. Starting next year. Problem. I don't this know what seven, that I don't uh, yeah, know what that what, turns what, into for like commercial scale, but I I would assume it's also pretty good. Yeah, that the the problem I you know, I think we talked about this is just literally how we measure how the consumers is measuring our power usage at the transmitter sites. Yeah. Severely cuts down on the uh, return on investment. Mm. Cuz we don't actually measure you know, it's it's I 
he, somebody explained it to me and I, I got it at, I got it when he was explaining it to me over the phone, but it's, it's, not, we don't actually pay. We still pay on a kilowatt per hour basis, but that is not where of a, our majority of the, the bill is. Because mm. we yeah. have, we have such a constant flow Draw. usage. They basically only really charge us every time we spike it, if that makes sense. Right. But the, the energy that you sell back to them right now in Michigan is like pennies on the dollar. Okay. Might still be worth looking into. <laughs> yes, if I get it big enough, then yes, it could be possibly worth it, but have to get on a huge economy of scale. Yeah. Right now, you know. Well, that, if you didn't have a giant oak tree in your I yard. I know. If I, I didn't have I'd a giant oak tree in our yard, house. I would be on this with, the, you know, yeah, breaking a sweat. 30% tax credit is pretty, pretty tense. Like, it's intense. Yeah. So, okay, so they did the study, and if you have central air turn your air off in the middle of the day when you're not home. When you're not home, turn it off. Which And probably overnight, turn it off too, because you're asleep. Who cares? It's cold outside. It's probably colder outside right now than it is in the house. Hold on, I'm checking. Currently 66 outside. Yeah, that's the other thing. I would love to find out if we could actually do a split zone with with our setup, but I'm not sure if our our, uh, ducks are set up for a split zone. Yeah. Also takes more work. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. All right. We should probably wrap this puppy up. Yes. Random review. Yeah. Random review. My turn. I'm reviewing a game that I've been playing. Excuse me. Called Big Pharma. Was originally released back in 2015, but um, I was looking for a uh, a new like simulator game to play. Factory simulation. A factory simulation game, yes. And Factorio just doesn't do it for you. Nope, I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole. I, you know, I don't want the SimCity, the Factorio, the Satisfactory, Infinite Factory. Yeah. Okay. Dyson Sphere Project. No, I was, you know, I, do you remember that quote unquote game that my dad had? Yep. Which was actually like literally it was a factory simulator. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted it was a really something well-designed like, project. Yeah. <clears throat> I just wanted a factory simulator, but a okay. real world or as close to a real world. There was a game way back when that was also sort of like that called uh, Free Enterprise. Okay. Way back, like DOS-based game, 1996, I think. I mean, the 96, yes, does sound like a long time ago, but wasn't that long ago. Yep. So it was particularly a- for like video games. Yes. 1996. I mean, like X-wing and Tie Fighter was 95. 96, you're solidly in uh, the Super Nintendo, moving into the Nintendo 64 era. So you're looking at the PlayStation coming out. Yeah, PlayStation release in the U.S. was 1995. Okay, well, yeah, this one came out in 96, and it was literally a factory simulator. You would, you know, pick a city, you'd actually find a factory building, and then you would decide what you want to build. You could either, you know, pick raw materials to be manufactured and sell to other businesses, or you could, you know, build a final project, product of some kind, and sell it to consumers. But yeah, so that was one of those fun factory simulator games. Well, this was, you know, the closest thing that I could find to it, so I've been trying it out. So the idea is... You have a pharmaceutical company. Yes, you are a pharmaceutical company. You have a factory. Um, This game. Didn't you work in a pharmaceutical company factory for a while? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, So you'll get to decide how how accurate this is. Yeah. Something tells me not very. Well, you know, the idea, the basic idea is there of um, it's uh, randomly randomly generated at the beginning so every time you know you have you could do a sandbox mode you could do but they have campaign games in there where it's like okay you know the goal is to you know ship out um 300 you know anti-anxiety medications Mm -hmm. before you know 10 years is up sort of thing Mm -hmm. there so there are like goals for you to try and get so but all the stuff is just randomly generated so every time you start up a new campaign it could be completely different and 
So you uh, you get ingredients, you run them through the machines, and then you put them out the door. And everything is run on belts, and you make money. And the the idea is is you know some of these ingredients have side effects. Mm-hmm. Like I've got one that is a um, a headache medicine, but it causes nausea. So well, that's you know, just an opportunity to sell an anti-nausea medicine. Well, they also have other anti-nausea medications as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the idea is okay. You know, I could you can tweak the levels because it's kind of like a, like a bar graph where the raw ingredient is at a certain concentration. Right, you can increase it. You know, to get out of the range of what causes nausea, but it would mm-hmm. take more you know more steps through the process to do so. Or maybe you just sell it where it causes a little bit of nausea. Yeah, just just a little. It's just again, a little like bit of all nausea. you're doing is you're just making a market for your anti-nausea medication. Well, you know, the better medication sells better. And if your medication, you know, doesn't work very good, then, you know, your sales but, price for it drops. But if my if my medication 100% eliminates cough and in 10% causes severe nausea, like it's really effective. And yeah, it's got a crappy side effect, but you can also take this other pill to get rid of the nausea. Th- that part of the game does not happen. Okay. Or yes, you, there is anti-nausea medication, and yes, there is headache medication, but you can't cause people to be nause, 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 nauseous. 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 And then have them start to buy your other medication as well. It doesn't work. Well, then yeah. markets, damn it. <laughs> That's how the world would work. So there are also other competitors in some of these campaign levels as well. So sometimes mm-hmm. you have to try and beat somebody else to the market mm-hmm. with some of your drugs. I don't know, Andy. I'm looking at this the like, screenshots of this game, and all I'm seeing are belts and inserters and factories. And you're basically playing Factorio. Yes, but I'm not playing Factorio. Why not? Because I don't want to. Okay. Even the tech tree looks like Factorio's tech tree. So yeah, so you can hire researchers and explorers to find new ingredients and upgrade your equipment. And, you know, each of these, like I said, there's a whole bunch of campaigns. I'm still not done through all of them. Plus, each campaign has a beginner, intermediate, and master level. Mm-hmm. Like one of them is like, okay, you know, earn $10 million within like 20 or 30 years. And the master level is like, okay, earn $10 million within 10 years. And it's just like, oh. Like, well, takes a lot of work. Yeah. And a lucky break. The uh, yeah, that's the other thing is sometimes you know I'll start a I'll start a level and I'll be looking at the ingredients and stuff like there and it's like okay that's a great ingredient but I literally cannot remove the side effect. Sometimes you can remove the side effect if you put the you know the concentration in the right range. Mm-hmm. You can run it through a machine and the side effect disappears. Sometimes it, you, it's just like nope this this is a crappy you know I yeah. I possibly could <laughs> get it done but do I want to you know handicap myself like that right off the bat i yeah i actually was i'm I'm curious how you how you like this game because i was actually looking at buying i've had a different game from this company on my wish list for years which is the car factory i actually own car factory i bought that one too how is car factory i have not played it yet because <laughs> um, I had bought it's, Car Factory. It's called Production Line. Yes, I've, I bought Production Line, and when I was installing Production Line, I suddenly realized that I actually had Big Pharma already installed on my Steam account. So I'm like, well, mm. shoot. <laughs> like, I should probably play Big Pharma. I'm like, it, okay, like, I just bought this other one, and this other one could be interesting because you're building cars. Yeah. But I'm like, well, shoot. I I already own this other version. Why am I not playing this game? Let me try it out. Why am I not just playing Factorio? Because <laughs> <laughs> it turns out I don't randomly own Factorio, and I don't want to play Factorio. I can fix that. That first part is an easy fix. Yes, you can put it... You can lead a horse to water, but can you get it to drink? <laughs> you, can, you can lead Andy to Factoria, but can you get him to I play? Just, I'm looking at Steam's production line page. It's like, is this game relevant to you? Similar to games you've played. Factorio, Dyson Sphere program. I have 2,572 hours in Factorio. Good for you on that one. That's a lot of time. Yep. 
It's a hundred days of my life doing nothing but Factorio. So yeah, it is currently $25, but like you said, I got it at some point in the past. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure when, maybe through the Humble Bundle or something, I don't know. A sale. Oh, heck, it's on. It's for sale right now through the Humble Bundle for $8.50. Nice. So that could be interesting. But yeah, no, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, I get to actually lay out my factory and see, you know, how this all works. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been fun. It's been challenging sometimes, but it's been pretty good. And right now, I guess for the next nine days, it's $8.50. Okay. So on Humble Bundle. On Humble Bundle. Yep. Yeah. So, oh, summer sale. That's what's, that's why it's so cheap. Okay. Ah. So there you go. Big Pharma. I like it. But that's because I like factory simulators, just not Factorio. <laughs> Which you don't actually know. I don't actually know, but... You're I'm... just being a stubborn asshole. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yep. All right, so random topic. Rolled ahead of time. What is your favorite spot in Manistee and Why? Well, I was going to say House of Flavors, but that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> they closed. And Was that ever your favorite spot? What? Eating the ice cream down by the river walk? Uh, well, but then the House of Flavors isn't your favorite spot. It's down by the river walk. Well, yes, but also, you know, coming in, you know, for a late breakfast at House of Flavors with you guys was also very entertaining all the time. Yes. Which, you know, we have the 31 Diner now, so I feel like that's been, a, well, I don't, you didn't come with us to 31 Diner, did you? Or that was a Beth and Bry so. thing. All right. Was that before we got there? Yes. Okay. It's normally been Beth, Bry, Kate, and I, and the kids, either before. Before you show up or after you leave, hitting the diner at least once. Okay. Lots of carbs. So mm-hmm. carbs. Yep. So let's see. So the House of Flavors, that's out. Mm-hmm. <sighs> trying to think. Do you have one or no? Yeah, hundred percent. And you're just waiting for my answer. Yeah. <laughs> so. Or for you to ask. Well, Dave, what is your favorite spot in Manistee and why? The green couch in the red cabin with the windows open and the wind just lightly blowing in. Yes. And you can hear the waves coming in and crashing on the shore or crashing against the storm wall is, and then like you just fall asleep there. Yes, I've done that more times than I can count. That. You'd be reading a book and, and then the you next realize thing you that notice, the book is on your chest and you've been asleep for 20 minutes. Yeah. That. That is my favorite spot. Yeah, but, well, you know, having the, the sunset on the beach or even not even on the beach, just up on the that little like patio area. Yep. Watching the sunset. Yep. Because you, there's literally nothing <laughs> in the way. It's just you and sunset. That's really nice. And also, like, that spot especially because, like, I usually have a bunch of friends around me when I'm there. Yeah. Right? Like, Beth and Bri are hanging out in the other couch, or Andy and Kate are next door, and they come over with the kids. Like, yeah, that. That is fantastic. That is that is the spot that I can, like, detach the most from everything else. Mm-hmm. And I got so much reading done up there. See, that's the thing. I can't. I can't get a lot of reading done there because I fall asleep. You know, it was also, there's been plenty of times where, you know, we'd go up there and mom would normally have, like, a plan for everything. But then after a while, it's just some of those days, it's just like, you just get up and you don't want to do anything. You literally just laze around the cabin for all day. Yeah. And it's, that's fine. That's, that's the point. Like, and I I get that it it doesn't always work with kids. Like, you got to do something to keep them entertained. You got to do something to keep them moving. But, like, I don't want to do anything when I go up there. I just want to sit on the couch and have some snacks or some drinks or some coffee and just like zone out yes not have to worry about anything else yeah so there you go jamie there's your answer yep (sighs) man that'd be nice right about now which i think he's actually up in manistee as we're recording this nice 
so. We were up there at this time of year a couple of years ago. Yep. Yeah, we didn't have my... to worry about when school start. Yeah, now my summer breaks are <laughs> now going to be in a very tight window. Yeah. After school ends and before Labor Day. Yeah. That's my window. And then, of course, you know, winter break and spring break. Yeah, no, I, I actually just went and put in my time off requests for all the times that the school is not going to be in session. And I'm suddenly going, where did all my vacation days go? To your kids. Yep. Your vacation days go to your kids. Yep. But that's okay. I got extra vacation days this year, so. Yay. Yep. Not going to be sad about that. Well, on that note, I am, uh, speaking to my kids, going to go upstairs and see if Isaac is okay. Yeah, so, please do. On that note, uh, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.